Welcome to episode four of Behind the Source podcast. I'm Mike Street, lead developer and CTO at Liquid Light. Each episode with Behind the Source podcast, we invite someone to come on and talk about a topic, project, tool, or process. We try not to get too techy, try to cover the topic for people who don't know much about it and are just looking to find out more. All the previous interviews of podcasts can be found on the website along with their mailing list. Sign up on behindthesource.co.uk. This episode, I'm joined by Paul Seal, who's going to be talking to me about Umbraco. Paul, how are you doing? How's it going? Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all right. To give a bit of context, we're recording in the evening of a, of a Monday, so hard day's work for you. Yep. Yeah, it's been a long one. <laughs> I was up early this morning. Well, thanks for taking your time. So for those that don't know you, could you just please introduce yourself, talk about where you work and any side projects and elevator pitch of who you are, please. Yeah, so I'm Paul Seal. I am a lead Umbraco developer at Mariana and we are an Umbraco Gold Partner Agency. And yeah, we, we work with all things Umbraco and Azure DevOps and also focus on data migrations. But me, myself, I really passionate about Umbraco. I love, I just love it, but I'm not too biased or anything like that. I will be honest. And yeah, I'm a Umbraco MVP as well, five times MVP now, and a certified master as well in Umbraco. What's an Umbraco MVP? So most valuable person, I think. So a bit like the Microsoft MVP program, how they recognize people for their contributions is Umbraco specific one. So getting recognized by Umbraco for the contributions I do. I think it mainly through, I've got a YouTube channel where I do tutorials. So okay. if anyone's interested in learning about Umbraco, I'm currently three videos in a series about the new version of Umbraco. Oh, great. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So before we get into the main topic of talk about Umbraco, I asked the guests, what kind of new tech are you looking forward to learning about? What sort of on the horizon for getting you excited. The one that I'm interested in at the moment is .NET 6, which coincidentally is what Umbraco has moved to using. So because I've been using .NET Framework for a long time and Umbraco's in the last six to nine months has changed to a different framework. It's now using ASP.NET Core 6. Mm-hmm. I've now needed to learn the new framework basically. So there are some differences between the two. And that's what I'm focusing on doing, learning all of the new features that are coming with the new versions of C-sharp and .NET, basically. So I feel right. like I'm starting again in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> are, there, are, there, are there big breaking changes or are they sort of mainly new features that you can sort of benefit from? I think you can migrate a project from .NET Framework to .NET, but most of the time it requires a rewrite, really. And the, the way of the, the main thing is it's cross platform now. So whereas Umbraco was just a windows thing, .NET framework was a windows thing. Now yeah. you can, you can use .NET on anything really, even down to someone had it on a steam deck. So they had Umbraco installed on a steam deck, you know, that <laughs> new handheld console thing. Yeah. 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 So, so does that mean you could run .NET on a, on a Linux? Debian box now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've, I've run performance tests on a Linux app service in Azure for Umbraco web app. Oh, yeah. wow. Great. All right. So on to the main topic then, which is yeah. the Braco. So 
What is Umbraco? So Umbraco is a content management system built using the .NET platform. As I said, it's cross-platform, so you can develop or host your Umbraco site anywhere, basically. So Linux, Mac, Windows. If you think of a content management system, the main one we'll think of is WordPress. And that one, if you think Umbraco is like the .NET version of that, but probably a bit more advanced or specialized in like you can... One of the best things about Umbraco is the output on the page is completely under your control. You're not influenced at all by any themes or anything to do with Umbraco. You control the output and you also can control the models behind it as well. So everything is fully controlled. That's what one of the best selling points for Umbraco is. And so with, you sort of mentioned WordPress. WordPress is probably one of the most popular CMSs out there. With WordPress, it's very much, a lot of hosts offer it as like a, a click and play install. Obviously, they don't tend to offer Umbraco, but once you've got Umbraco set up, is there much configuration needed to get it started? Because I know with WordPress, you can kind of install it and generally kind of use it straight away. Whereas yeah. other CMSs you have, need a bit more configuration, especially if they're enterprise, which my understanding is that Umbraco is sort of more geared towards the enterprise market. So is it very much uh, you can have it as a basic click install ready to play, or does it always need some configuration? So it depends what, what you want to do. So there's different ways to go with it. So Umbraco itself is free. So it's open source. It's completely free to use. And I created a tool, you could call it. It's a website, basically, sw.codeshare.co.uk. And you go to there, and it will give you the install script to actually install an instance of Umbraco for you. So you can right. configure the options and what packages you want to install. And on there, by default, it comes with the clean starter kit that I created. So in theory, you could have a website up and running on your machine. And as long as you've installed the latest version of .NET, uh, you could have it up and running on your machine within a few minutes. Like, it's really quick. And then uh, one other thing is, uh, if you wanted to, you could then use this other package called Ecstatic, which mm-hmm. is a NuGet package, and it installs into your Umbraco instance, and you can then deploy to GitHub pages as a static site. You could deploy to Netlify as a static site. So... In theory, you could have a record on your machine and mm-hmm. publish it to Netlify as a static website. And then like that could be done within 10 or 15 minutes sort of thing. Oh, wow. And I'm assuming it's got things like you can have it as a news or a blog or can you have it? Can you have products and stuff in it like a shop? Yeah, so you can do all that. So there's a, there's a really good e-commerce solution called Fender in Umbraco and what they try to do is like let's say your website you start off with just content maybe you, you're into art or photography or something like that and you build your website and it's just a content site where you just display your pictures and things and then you might think well actually I want to sell these so yeah. what you can do is you can then install Vendor which you then are able to then put some properties on these pages and add like a price tag and things like that to it and then right. you can install the Vendor checkout as well and then before you know it, you've actually got a store that's running through Umbraco. You can log in into Umbraco and manage all the orders and everything like that. So that's really good. And one of the things with Umbraco as well is that they're really focused on DXP at the moment, composable DXP. What's DXP? I don't really know, but basically <laughs> it's, it's the new buzzword 
And so the idea is that it's all pluggable. So it's almost like things, not no code, but possibly low code. They just want it to be able to plug into other things. So like you would have your Braco as the content, and then you would have, you could plug into Shopify or whatever, or Zapier, you know, so you can have your form submit and then that fires off a zap. Yeah. And it's just easy integrations with other third parties. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what they're they're doing. So yeah, you can do shops, you can do you can do anything you want really. It's basically a .NET website where you can manage the content sort of thing. Yeah. So before we sort of go on to the advantages and disadvantages of it, what other if I'm, you know, a .NET developer and I want an open source CMS, I've heard of Umbraco, but I want to sort of try some others. What other CMSs are available for me to to sort of try? So I think there is .NET Nuke, but I think that's quite old now, and I'm not sure whether they brought it up to date with um, with .NET. So there might still be stuff called .NET Framework. Forgive me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but that one I think is still on .NET Framework. Then you've got Orchard CMS. So that was one of the first ones to be as on .NET Core. Right. I think that's something to do with Microsoft themselves. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. open source and free as well. But I don't. I don't believe it's as fully featured and fully like embraced as Umbraco is. Okay. So, so say I've, I've installed Orchard CMS and I've sort of got yeah. a basic website and you're sort of saying to me, no, 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 Mike, you need to use Umbraco because it's this, like what's the sort of killer features that Umbraco have got that, that sort of makes you such a fan? Um, so the main things is the editor experience in Umbraco and the accessibility as well. So, even just as a developer, as you're building up your models and everything like that in Umbraco, your content models, your document types and things, just tabbing around and pressing space and typing and not really having to touch your mouse. They've really got that down lately in the latest versions of it. So that's really good as a developer. As a content editor as well, it just makes sense to use. It's intuitive and performance-wise, it's it's really good. Um, I, I suppose it's, if the other one is on .NET Core as well, they should be almost the same, but it's, it does really well with its caching as well. It's got this thing called new cache where instead of hitting the database every time to return the content, it's got this in like, I can't remember what you call it, but like almost think of it like a, a database, but it's not data. So it takes it from the actual database and then right. puts it to a library, a quick access database, I think. Okay. Called new cache. So it's really yeah. fast, rapid access of the content query, things like that. Why would I pick it over Orchard? The other one, the main one that I didn't say is the community behind it as well. So Racco's got a really strong, friendly community. It's known as the friendly CMS. <laughs> and it just is because everyone who I've spoken to who's involved with Racco, they just want to help each other. They just want you to succeed. So there's a forum, there's a Discord, there's a Facebook, there's, there's a Slack channel, you know, all these different yeah. places where you can get in touch. You just ask your question. It's not like where you go on Stack Overflow and you ask something and you feel stupid for asking it. Yeah. They actually want to help you get to the answer and solve it. And you can make yeah. friends and go to conferences and things like that. Yeah, great. Well, the, the CMS that we use at work is Typo3, and that's very similar. That's got a great community behind it. There's a Slack channel that you could ask anything and someone will know the answer or yeah. someone might give you a hint and it's really really helps build it with those sites a lot better and sort of yeah as you say like if you ask something something silly no one 
takes the mickey. They're all sort of just welcoming and might correct you and stuff. And it's, it's very good. Yeah, exactly. One of, one of the things is the package ecosystem as well. So there's lots of free packages from Braco. I'm not saying it's anywhere near WordPress's level for packages, but and I don't know how many there are on Orchard, but for Braco, there's lots of packages from starter kits. So, you, you know, easily get set up. Like there's a theme package called Uskind that won some awards recently at the Braco event where you can basically just pick a different theme and you can enter your content and just change the theme really easily. So I know yeah. WordPress has lots of themes and this, this itself, there's a thing there's like 26 different themes for this one package that you can install. That one's commercial, but there's lots of free ones and some commercial ones as well. Is there some sort of auditing process for packages or is it still a community? So, yeah, they, they do audit them. So Umbraco HQ themselves do see the packages that are coming through and test them out. And okay. they also collaborate with the community as well. So when we see new packages coming through, we'll test them out and feed back on them, things like that. Yeah. So if there was anything dodgy or anything like that, we'd, it'd be picked up quickly. Yeah, because that, that's one of the things with WordPress is it's, it's very open and there's loads of packages, but you're never quite sure whether the one that you're installing is from a legitimate source or anything like that. So it's good that they test their packages. So <laughs> the big question, why wouldn't you use Umbraco or what's the thing that winds you up about it? Or, you know, what's the, the cloud behind the silver lining? I don't know what question I'm asking, but you know what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the worst bits about it? So with Umbraco, I think when you're comparing Umbraco with WordPress, perhaps, and you want to know which one should go for, I think if you've got a developer or you are a developer who knows .NET and you want full control of the output, as I mentioned previously, and you want full control of the different models and properties that you want to add, then that's when you'd use Umbraco. But for just spinning up a quick blog or something like that, perhaps it might be better to go with WordPress if you don't actually care about the platform that you're using sort of thing. Yeah. Then you might want to use another another one. But I think Umbraco, what don't I like about it? It's hard to answer that because, I, well, I can't think, I think what the, the one, probably the one thing is that sometimes the feature requests that you might put through on Hub might take a long time to actually get to because they prioritize other things on the mm -hmm. roadmap and they don't always get to yours unless you, you want to create the pull request yourself and, and do it sort of thing. So if I was going to say one negative, I'll just say sometimes feature requests that go through GitHub don't get actioned or yeah. stay around a while, but you, you do have the opportunity to create a pull request yourself. Do you find with the, I mean, I've, I've not got the numbers in front of me, so I can't, I can't vouch for the sort of community size in comparison to WordPress, but certainly with the CMS we use, I find that every now and then I run into a problem that feels like no one solved it before. Whereas with WordPress, it's sort of like every problem has been solved a million times before and they're sort of all those hints. Do you ever find that, that you sort of maybe come up to the limit of the of the community or is it quite vast and people come across most of the problems that you don't have to run into those kind of things? So there's a main site called ourumbraco.com and I think there are over a quarter of a million members on it, active members as well. So you can ask on the forum there. Um, 
I don't tend to come across anything that can't be solved. There's we have like meetups or conferences or like I mentioned the Discord and the Slack. So yeah. I generally tend to ask in there. And but what's really good at the moment is that now that we've moved to .NET and it's more closely represent, representing an ASP.NET MVC website now, as opposed yep. to Umbraco as a framework sort of thing. It's so close to being a .NET website now that we've got the advantage of using the .NET documentation now. Right. And the community around .NET themselves. So it's made it broader now. So we yeah. we can get answers, more answers, because it's not so specific about Umbraco because it's Umbraco has changed to get in line with actual the latest .NET. Yeah. I suppose it's similar to cmx's that are built on top of laravel or something like that or symphony and the php world where there's sort of such a community already behind that kind of underlying framework yeah. language that they sort of are building on top rather than rather than something different so if i mean we've kind of covered this in terms of how easy it's to get started with with umbraco it seems fairly easy especially with your sort of aforementioned starter kit that I'll link to in the, in the show notes. Is there, if someone knows ASP or .NET, sorry, is onboarding onto our Braco pretty straightforward or is there some, oh, you need to, you definitely need to understand this, this and this before you can start working with it? When I first started with Umbraco, it was on version 7. And I will be honest, there was a big learning curve for me. So I've right. been used to .NET framework. I've been using web forms. I knew VB.net and C Sharp. Yeah. And so when it came to picking up Umbraco in MVC, I did struggle at first just to get the concepts of it all. But as I say, as it's moved more towards being very close to .NET itself and how it does things, even down to like using the .NET logging way of doing things and other things like that, it feels like if you can learn ASP.NET, .NET 6, then you can use Umbraco sort of thing. So yeah. you can, so you, you get access to, not only do you have the tutorials that Umbraco do themselves or members of the community like myself and John D. Jones put out tutorial series. And then you've also got the official training from Umbraco as well. So you've got different ways to get in and learn Umbraco. But I think as a brand new developer, yeah, I would start by watching some tutorials. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what I try to do my best to do is make it easy for someone brand new coming into Umbraco. Yeah. Like, just follow along and you'll start doing it without realising you're doing it or knowing everything about the technicalities of it. Mm. And you'll get the book for it because you'll enjoy it and you'll see, I'm adding a property here and then that's showing on the page, wow, you know, this is addictive sort of thing. And then you learn the other stuff around it. Yeah, that's what people say about, there's a very divided community, isn't there, about junior developers learning React, but... I heard a very good talk at a conference once about the fact that using React, you get something on a web page really quickly if you're following a tutorial, and then it's just about getting that. You don't necessarily need to understand the sort of inner workings to begin with. It's about getting you interested and getting you hooked on the sort of the little shot of adrenaline you get for pressing refresh in a browser and seeing your, your sort of work take place. Yeah, that brings me on to something actually about .NET. So. In .NET 6, they've focused on trying to get to the one-line hello world now. Yeah. So whereas before you you had to set up your program.cs with your main method and this and the other, and you're on like 10 or 11 lines, before you can even just write to the console, hello world, 
Yeah. So now they've really made it a lot easier with minimal APIs and implicit usings, implicit and, and global usings and stuff from file scope namespaces, all these other things to make it really simple and easy for beginners. So again, we're getting the advantage of, of that. I think now that Umbraco has moved to .NET Core, I think the number of users and people picking it up will definitely start to increase. Great. I does Albrecht use? I'm assuming it uses a database under the behind the scenes. What database does it use? So yeah, it does. It uses. You can do SQL Azure, SQL Server, SQL Lite, which I'm really enjoying using, and Local DB as well. I think they're the main ones. Is SQL Lite the file based one, or did I make that up? Yeah, yeah. So basically, you can run SQL Lite anywhere. So you probably yeah. got SQL Lite on your phone like servicing <laughs> WhatsApp and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's brilliant. And you can use tools like DataGrip to, you know, from JetBrains to actually view the data in, in your SQLite database. Excellent. So is there anything else you'd like to say about Umbraco? Anything we've missed? I've mentioned the community, maybe mentioned the conferences. So every year there's a conference called CodeGuard where... Right. I think like between six and 700 people from around the world actually meet up and there's, yeah. it's like a three day, it's not just a conference. It's almost like a festival sort of thing. There's all sorts of right. things going on and it's just a great place to go to and meet up with people that you've seen online and like these avatars are walking around in 3D. <laughs> you go and shake people's hands. People have legs that you, you don't yeah. often see and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a good conference circuit. I'll be going to Netherlands um, in October to give a talk yes. there. And you can watch loads of stuff online for free with, with YouTube. Right. Yeah, there's lots of content about Umbraco out there. It does certainly seem there's a lot of parallels between Umbraco and Typo3 because they've just had a big conference out in Germany that sort of looked very similar, kind of a bit more of a community rather than just uh, stand up on stage and be talk that kind of thing. Yeah. So... I think that's it for Umbraco. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Where can people find you? Obviously, I'll put all the links in the show notes, but where's best to, to get in touch if people have any questions? So the best place to get in touch is Twitter. So if you look for at CodeSharePaul, yeah, we usually tweet on there, usually about Umbraco. <laughs> <laughs> but I am interested in technology, you know, on the front end as well, things like that, so... Yeah, if you want to, if you've got any questions, go to CodeShare Paul on Twitter. And my website is codeshare.co.uk. And then if you want any of my links to things, it's like slash GitHub, slash YouTube, slash LinkedIn. Wonderful. Great. And I'm at Mike Streety on all the social networks, or you can find the podcast at Behind Source or at www.behindthesource.co.uk. As this is a fairly new podcast, I would appreciate any feedback, comments, criticisms, reviews, anywhere. You can either put them out in public or drop me an email at hello at behindthesource.co.uk. Um, so I've got nothing more to add. Paul, have you? If not, you can say goodbye. <laughs> no, that's it from me. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. 